You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 36. And there's no more Phantom... Uh, or the ghost of Andy's past uh, or future uh, commenting on this podcast because Andy is uh, with us today and we're happy to have him. And Andy, I got to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. My internet is much more stable, although not completely fixed. Uh, to make a long story short, the person from Optima who came to service it said, the wires coming into the building uh were damaged greatly. There was multiple wires, and he was trying to explain to me how that stuff works, and it was a little you know, over my head. So then we went up to the roof, and uh, just seeing the mess of wires going into apartments just across my neighborhood was, uh, yeah, I'm surprised anyone has internet because it's literally a rat's nest just tangled and just jutting off in a million different directions. And he showed me where it came from the pole. And so he's like, all right, well, I got to put a service ticket in for them to come fix this. But in the meantime, I'm, he's like, I'm going to. Uh, yeah, he's like, I forget what he said. He's like, I'm going to create a nexus with your neighbors. And I'm, you know, I, like I said, over my head, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, whatever. So my internet is much more stable and healthier and stronger. We, uh, I do get a dropout occasionally, but it's very rare since he serviced it. So yeah, hopefully it holds up for the length of this podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, uh, I regretted not being able to at least at the time in real time, uh, talk to you on our last podcast. So I'm happy to be here. Well, well, I'll be honest, listening to that was probably one of the, the more fun podcasts to listen to because it was like a, I actually got a fresh take on all the things that you had to say about me. So it was almost like a little constructive criticism or uh, or compliments. And, and I kind of liked it. So uh, we won't make it a habit, but, you know, it not the worst thing in the world, Andy. No, exactly, because I could have easily said, you know, let James do the heavy lifting. But I realized with uh, <laughs> it's that's very I do that a lot of this podcast. But no, you uh, don't. Well, at me. least in terms of the recording. Um, but again, I have missed so much with the move and it was just yet another. So I was almost defiantly like, you know what? No, I'm going to insert myself here. But um, we're recording this on a snowy Super Bowl Sunday morning. So if you're listening to this on Monday, I hope you enjoyed uh, the game. But yeah, perfect weather, at least. You know, at, well, for people at home, because um, it's not sticking, at least not near me. I don't know about near you, James, but it's sticking on the grass, but not on the roads and driveways, which so. is perfect, which is a nice setting for uh, a Super Bowl Sunday. I think it's not too cold outside. Yesterday was super 
nice and warm out and now it's snowing go figure uh every you know my neighborhood was popping off just because it was it's been so cold to have a one little heat spike everyone was out and about and you know it also it being a saturday night so perfect timing so my wife and i we had a nice little date night and uh but now that we're we're not <laughs> we're not as spring chickens anymore we were uh pretty much home by 9 30 and <laughs> we're like we're getting to bed let's do this so nice night for us there you go and uh yeah we, we uh you know obviously my wife is um she's probably eight eight months pregnant so yeah. it's that's pretty much every night for us now um you know just finishing up on the couch and going to bed and uh but Andy, there's uh, obviously obviously the Olympics going on. There's mm-hmm. kind of a lot of stuff happening around the NHL with oh, yeah. you know, coaches changes and, you know, obviously that all-star break is finally over and teams are starting to play the games where they're now catching up to the New York Rangers. Uh, the Rangers don't play until Tuesday, so we don't have much to say on the New York Rangers front, but there are a couple, you know, storylines, <clears throat> excuse me, storylines that we should talk about and uh andy do would you like to talk about kako because that's probably the biggest thing happening right now in the rangers world yeah i had heard uh because i am such a rangers nerd and fan obviously you troll the between every corner of twitter and hf boards and all this there was a rumor going around that kako's injury was worse than everyone thought and that he might require surgery was going to be out for a while um obviously the rangers and then at practice, they didn't confirm he needed surgery, but Gallant said he's going to be out at least a month, which who knows. And obviously then, uh, because hockey fans in general are obsessives and Rangers fans, uh, they produce the game footage of his last shift before an injury and then subsequent shifts and subsequent games after he was still playing where he's clearly still hurt and favoring a side. And uh, in every post game, he'd have like a compress ice pack on the same spot of his uh, you know sides i'm just like you know okay so yeah so that's not good the rangers possession numbers and defensive metrics take a hit when hakaka's not and even though he's not producing he really has at least stabilized uh, a defensive presence for any line that he's on because of his uh you know he's so good at takeaways and using that stick to break up neutral zone plays you know so that hurts for the rangers that really stinks um their their depth on their right side is now uh, oh boy it's bad you know it's uh it's it's basically right now it's a chris Kreider play who's a left winger playing on his right wing um it's i guess you know gonna be uh i don't know if Mark goudreau is gonna slot there sometimes uh and gotier and and just whatever bottom six tread they want to if they want to try to ride hunt over there yeah, it's just not good. So obviously this kind of now Drury, you have to imagine they're, they're hungrier than ever to make a move. Even though the Rangers find themselves at least in a strong spot, the separation is coming. Uh, I feel like in this division, you have to keep your foot on the gas pedal. You don't have to be going, you know, 95, but you have to keep it at least, you know, 75 to 80 miles per hour or else a, a team can't jump you. You know what I mean? Just the way it's going. So yeah, not good news for the Rangers, and I you would have to assume this means that Drury is gonna. He was already looking to make a move. Maybe this just uh, increases that uh, that need. Yeah, and I, I'm so there's a couple questions I wanted to ask you, but in terms of the standings right now for the you know the wild card for the East, it would take an epic collapse 
by the Rangers. I, yeah. I don't care if if it's Kako or Zibanejad. If you lose one guy and you miss the playoffs, there's that that there's really no excuse for it. I mean, right now you have the you know Columbus Blue Jackets at 46 games played with 47 points, and then you have the Detroit Red Wings with 49 games played with 50 points. Those teams should not be catching you. I, I'm sorry. I mean, you are a lot better than those teams. You have much better, you know, your goaltender is the best goaltender in the league. One healthy, your defense is looking pretty good, like solid. Um, and, you know, the Rangers system suits them very well and their their players are playing good enough to win hockey games. And I know there's the whole narrative that the Rangers aren't as good as they really are. But if you drop down the standings a little bit, the Rangers are better than Detroit. They're better than Columbus. They're better than, you know, New Jersey, Philly. I mean, you can argue the Islanders had a rough start and you don't really know what, what they are. And they almost maybe missed the, the playoffs only because of that rough start. But still, they're ahead of them enough where there's no excuses. They have 42 games played the Islanders with 40 points. I mean, the Rangers, <laughs> I mean, the Rangers have 64. I mean, this it would be an epic collapse. So... Yeah, Andy, um, I, I'm with you, man. They don't need to be pedal to the metal, but they really need to just kind of, you know, stay steady, Eddie, and just kind of play 500 hockey, and that will get them into the playoffs and into a, you know, wild card spot. And, you know, uh, it's huge last night. Obviously, the Wild beat the Hurricanes again in regulation, so that that was good. The Flames beat the Islanders in regulation, so if you're kind of worried about them, that's good. Um, yeah, the Islanders are are done. They're in a free fall now. Yeah. It seems like, and and honestly, rightfully so, because I don't, you know, it just you knew at some point, um, just the the construction and the age of that roster was going to start coming off the rails. And uh, you know, I never, obviously, I don't like to gloat too much. It's, I wouldn't call it gloating, but I mean, it's just, I don't know. I I you know, just hearing that oh, it's COVID and our start and this and that. I just don't. I I think the Islanders could have had their first twenty games at home, and I still think this we would have they'd be in this spot. But that's just I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a probably it's honestly a perfect mixture of both for the New York Islanders. Yeah, it didn't help obviously. I mean, they're not having the 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 fall off that the Canadians did from last year, but it's you know from all the people you know shit talking the Canadians, including myself. I mean, the Islanders are right there in terms of a team that dropped off. I mean, we both agreed that whoever won that, uh, you know, series against, you know, uh, the Islanders and uh, Tampa Bay, that, that that team would probably win the Stanley Cup. So you're basically saying the Islanders were, last year were one game away from winning the Stanley Cup. And now, you know, they're they're not even remotely close to sniffing a wild card spot in the East. I mean, that's pretty incredible. So um, I don't want to shit talk too much, though, because now that the Rangers, you know, Kako's out and I I don't know if this injury bug is going to start biting other people. So I'm going to, you know, keep the good karma and just, you know, worry about us. But, you know, the Devils do play the Penguins today. So um, I'm probably the world's biggest Devils fan uh, for the next 24 hours. Or actually, they don't even play that. They play at 1.30. So for the next few hours. Um, Andy, I wanted to ask you, now that Kako might be done for maybe a long term, and the Rangers really can't afford to be missing any other forwards. Do you think that puts them back into the Giroux talk or possibly not? I, you know, I do think Chris Drury has shown, at least in a short tenure, that 
this organization really, and I think it's also Gallant's philosophy, which kind of aligns with that, is that they want players, they value versatility, maybe against just pure uh, positional strength, which, you know, I don't know. You can, I don't necessarily think I agree with it at all, all the time, but I do see the value in it at times. So perhaps a Claude Giroux that, who's not a pure center anymore, or at least can't, I don't want to say can't, but it maybe is just his effectiveness as a pure center might be diminished. But you look at a guy like JT Miller who can play center and play the wing. You look at a Claude Giroux who can play center and play the wing. Um, yeah, maybe those guys are more valuable to the Rangers now. But at the same time, you know, there are, we've spoken about this before, there are now, there are a lot of low key, maybe not so much centers, but there are wingers out there that can be had right now from teams from probably not too much especially on the right side, um, you know, whether it's an Arturi Lekin in, in Montreal or hell, even a Phil Kessel. I think one of the things is that f- the, the, they said the Coyotes wanted a either a second or a third for Kessel and teams were just not willing to pay that, which is insane to me because his number, even though he's, you know, he's got, I think, 30 points on a bad team, which isn't horrible. It, obviously, the goals are down, but he's still, his his underlying possession numbers are still pretty good considering that team is a, tire fire so um yeah i mean i would pay that but i would much rather pay that than some of the assets it might cost to acquire a jt miller right Um, yeah unless you can get the talk the price down who will eventually need a new contract anyway but you know then you're getting into are you resigning kessel and he's this old and yeah so i get it but um but yeah i definitely do think that again this might kako missing at least a month might solidify the fact that the rangers feel they need um versatility or like i said that positional versatility especially because they uh where how many quarters in the season james would you say this most teams their rosters have been finalized the fact that the rangers have done this they haven't had a finalized roster they're basically have four slots on this team are are or at least up front in the in the forwards they only have you know, Kreider, Zabanajed, Strom, and Panarin are literally the only four that are you could say have solidified their spots on the forward core. You know, where does Barkley Goodrow supposed to slot? Like, I think fans have their ideas. I think Kalan has his idea, which might not be they might not align, but where does Dryden Hunt slot? I mean, you have guys playing up now, and that's I think the point of getting at just going after who who knows? Like maybe Detroit is willing to part with Nemestikov. You come back and then center a third line, which I think would be good for this team because they need a player like that. You know, which could then, I honestly, I think if you had a third, let's say they got Nemestikov from Detroit to center and they got Arturi Lekkinen and then Goudreau played as the other winger in that line, that could be a very good third line. And then Heedle can, uh, for the time being, can probably play with Panarin and Strom. And they've had their moments at times, you know what I mean? It's clear this organization is pretty up and down on Julian Gauthier, but I think I, at this point I would much rather have him on a fourth line than maybe Hunt at times, or hell, even Reeves doesn't need to play every game, although Gallant loves him, so that's not happening, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, you know what I mean? I just think they need they they need an infusion of solidifying ta- possession talent on the bottom six, because they are, even though sometimes they've, they have their moments and they have their good games, it still shows that Rook most of the time when they're on the ice, they're getting shelled, even if they are able to grind down and pot some 
opportunistic goals. You know what I mean? So uh, that's definitely should be the biggest priority. But yeah, you, you know, lucky for the Rangers, Abanajad is finally emerging and woken up in the second half of the season. Kreider hasn't shown signs of stopping. They're going to get Adam Fox back, so that should help. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest thing is they've had one of the longest layoffs of any team in the league. So are they, are they, how are they going to look coming out with this much time off? And that's a, it's a bit of a scary thought. Cause I mean, the Rangers of the past coming off long breaks hasn't exactly been pedal to the metal. No. And, you know, speaking of like, you know, forwards that are solidified their spot in the roster, it's even funny that like on any other team, I feel like Strom would be solidified into, you know, his, his role, but it's like we can't even give Strom that like solidified spot as the number two center. It's like we should really move him and bring in a, a number two. And like I'm with you, I I, I to- totally understand it. But now it's like, listen, we just need guys that we know can play where they belong. And Strom right now is a number two center on this hockey team. So whether you like it or not, unless you're bringing in someone very special, you're you're not going to really move him or budge him from that spot. And we kind of need guys to fill in the gaps below or, or, or off to the side. So, uh, yeah, no, they definitely have their work cut out for them. And, um, you know, it, it's funny, you know, you, you compare yourself to the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, who won their 48th game. Rangers haven't played that game yet. So they are now the third team in the Metro. And you look at like, you know, the top three in each, you know, division, the Atlantic and the Metro, you have Carolina, who you'd say that team is solidified, uh, Pittsburgh, that team's, you know, solidified Florida, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Um, you know, these teams may make one move. I don't know how flexible a lot of their cap is or if they can shed something to to maybe get uh, another young piece back or I don't know. I don't know what their their plans are. And then, you know, even you drop below the wild card and you say, you know, Washington and Boston. Um, you know, those are teams that their rosters are pretty much set, you know, and the New York Rangers, you for anybody on the outside, you might say, well, the Rangers stink. But if the Rangers, <laughs> the Rangers have so much room to improve and like this is not the roster. I, I even think they're going to go to war with this, this playoffs, let alone the next couple of years. So, you know, that's the one thing I feel like we have a leg up on everybody else is that where we can be a little bit more flexible. We have a lot more assets to, to be able to move. And and I know the GM. And Drury knows that we need to make more moves to become better. And, um, you know, that's the only thing that's keeping me, you know, in in good spirits right now, because I do see these other teams and I am like, I don't know how we're going to compete in the playoffs against them. Like, obviously, goaltending, we have a leg up on almost every single team, but it's not going to hold. It's not going to hold much merit, you know, coming into the playoffs because we all know. You know, we all know what it took for Hank to carry the load, and you can't expect Igor to do the same thing. So if the Rangers don't find a way to solidify a third and fourth line, even though the fourth line can be solidified by solidifying the the higher lines up, uh, having those players kind of move down a little bit, um, you know, the Rangers uh, might be in trouble if they can't get that done. So my next question for you, Andy, is when do you think we start seeing moves. Obviously there's the whole thing where it usually just takes one move and then it's kind of a domino effect because teams, I guess maybe start to panic a bit that they're going to miss the boat on uh, who they, who they want. When do you think you start to see teams making moves? Do you think it's going to be closer to the deadline or do you think it might be a little bit earlier? 
Um, I think it might be closer to the deadline only because. Uh, so what we have 30, we have like what 30 ish days left, basically yeah, like a month, about a month, yeah, just about a month. Okay. So yeah, I just think right now, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that even though things are buttoned up in the East, um, most for whatever reason, rightly or wrongly, uh, a lot of teams do not like trading in their own conference division, you know, let alone their own conference. So I just do think usually GM's appetite first and foremost is to try to, if they're sending away a player, they want, don't want to face them, which I think is really stupid. But I, I mean, uh, there's some extenuating circumstances. Like I totally understand why you wouldn't want to be the GM that traded Connor McDavid to the to the Calgary Flames. You know what I mean? Like that, I understand. But other than that, it's just like I get it. So, um, so yeah, I think the West, which is clearly more of a race now than the East right now, is uh, is yeah. The, some of those teams still think they're in it, even though maybe the numbers don't look like they're all on their side whereas the east it's kind of looking like all right the separation's being created we can probably tell who's going to be a playoff team and who's not um so i think that is a factor i think the sp- as it relates to the rangers i think you if you listen to the teams that they've been linked to so far you hear uh you know you, we've heard vancouver quite a lot right um Obviously, there's a lot of speculation about Riley Smith and Gallant being just uh, reunited because Gallant had him in Florida and then he had him in um, Vegas and he might be the odd man out when they have to bring. Although now what Mark Stone's going to go on IR. It's, imagine, that imagine that. And hey, you know what? More power to him. You know, if Tampa yeah. did it last year. It worked out for him. They're in, field, they're in first place in the Pacific. If they want to roll the dice and say that if they take Mark Stone out and put Eichel in and they can still uh, end up in a playoff spot. But I mean, the only problem is that, uh, you know, right now, I guess barring a a huge collapse, I mean, Dallas is right on the outside, but they have games in hand on the rest of the teams that are in playoff spots. And I think they're only uh, how many points out are they three points out? Uh, You know, who knows what the Oilers now, though, they're. They're only one behind them. But yeah, I guess you could say that Edmonton and Dallas are may, are potential and have the potential to actually finish if one of the wild cards, either the Blues or the Ducks, fall out. And But yeah, you have to see that. I guess you have to say that Vegas is probably now with the stone move, they're going to roll the dice and say, you know what? Even if it was needed and they just maybe they feel, but obviously the timing is it is what it is. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but they have to keep them out the rest of the season. But if that's what they're going to do, they're going to do the Kucherov. That's a that's a gamble they're taking. Good, for, you know, good for them. Game the system. Do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, I just think you know, I think um, a lot of the teams that the Rangers are linked to are in the West, and maybe maybe they are interested in a Joe Pavelski. But Dallas still thinks they're in the hunt, or you know, Tomas Hurdle. Um, the problem uh, is the West needs to figure their shit out because. There's too many teams that do think they belong. And like the, you know, the Dallas Stars are in contention. Like, you know, the, you know, the Anaheim Ducks kind of fell off a little bit. You know, St. Louis is kind of cruising along, though. You know, they're going to end up making the playoffs. But like, nobody's that, that good. Like, there's only, I would say, you know, the teams out of the Central have kind of uh, given some themselves a little bit of distance. But um, besides the Colorado Avalanche and maybe Minnesota, I, I don't, fully trust Nashville to 
to, you know, make, make a full fledged, you know, run and play solid hockey till the end of the season. I could see them kind of faltering a little bit, but uh, especially when they, you know, now see that they have a target on their back as being a, a team that needs to be catched. So, uh, you know, I just feel like Andy, you know, the West needs to figure their shit out. The Rangers need to go after, there's a lot of, I feel like it seems like, you know, Arizona, they can part waves with a bunch of guys, you know, the, you know, the, obviously the Kessel and Jacob Chikrin and, and, you know, there's a couple others that, you know, they'd be probably willing to part ways with. I know Letty on the, um, uh, on Detroit, once Detroit, I kind of figure out the, except the fact that they, they won't make the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe they'll part ways with Letty. There are some guys out there that I don't mind even getting for just this season, Andy, because I feel like why not give yourself a crack at it this season, even if you do bring in a guy like Letty for the rest of the season that just kind of is going to play, you know, third pairing minutes and, you know, isn't going to kill you like, uh, like, you know, we've had, you know, with Nemeth and fucking Tenorti and, and even, you know, years with stall and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know, Andy, who do you think to go after first? Yeah. You know, I, I do obviously now we've talked about their need for a, uh, either a bottom six center or a, any, honestly, honestly, a middle six to top six right wing, but they also, you could argue, like you said, they need a third pairing defenseman, even though Zach Jones has acquitted himself nicely. I think they just. Luckily, Fox is back. Um, Lindegren is having a tougher season than people, I think, realize that his, uh, his effectiveness and his metrics are kind of down. And he's, yeah, he's, hadn't had as, he's not having as good of a season as he did last year. Um, but that's okay. I mean, like you have a healthy Adam Fox, knock on wood, coming back. So they're not going to split those two up. Uh, I have at times maybe thought it might be wise to drop Miller down. And then maybe play, you know, maybe try a Braden Schneider Miller pairing, because I think Miller, as the, although he's taking steps forward at least in his offensive game, I still think he has his moments. So maybe it might be better to go after a, you know, a, a number three or four defenseman and slot him in that slot. But I think most likely the Rangers go after a bottom, like you said, a Nick Letty type. That way you can send Jones back down to Hartford. You, you keep Braden Schneider. He's not going anywhere. I think at this point. You have a Schneider Letty pairing. You still have Miller Truba, and then you can have uh, Fox and Lindgren. So, and I think the Rangers would be much more comfortable with that. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Nemeth. It keeps saying personal reasons. I assume it's one of those things where they're not happy with his, or not. You know, the organization is just not. He's not performing the way they thought he would. But to save value and to save face, they might just be keeping. You know, saying, "Listen, this is a situation." We don't know. I don't want to speculate. It's, that's an unkind to the player if there's something really going on. But he's just, for whatever reason, he's, it, it wasn't working before. And now for personal reasons, he's not with the team. Uh, so, yeah. So I think that's also a pressing issue for them. And that's the weird thing is that the Rangers, that's why I still maintain the Rangers are probably the weirdest team in the league in that they are, there's so many reasons why they shouldn't be the spot they're in. And yes, you can say it's Igor, but it's other than that. It's also, it's, it's they, not though. It's not just Igor. I, I, yeah. It's, you know, you look at their records and one goal games and, you know, I think Gallant's biggest strength is that he kind of coaches, he coaches to win the, the moment and however that looks, you know, 
maybe it's not it's they're definitely not all uh you know they're they end up they're not all monets you know they end up being picassos sometimes you know but they they get it done you know what i mean and obviously igor is a huge part of that but and you know despite the fact they don't really shoot the puck as much as they should but they convert and they are so they have so much skill up front with their big with their big guns that they're just you know i think it's their downfall because they're too precious clearly and i think when you're in more of a just a constant attack mentality it just kind of filters down through your lineup and then everyone else does that too and it feels more like a, a team onslaught and then it becomes much more you become much more of a uh, i guess highly touted five on five offensive team but you know at the same time there's something to be said about teams that they have such good metrics but they just take shots from everywhere and yes they convert when they're close but it's like i don't know you know the rangers don't really warm up the other goalie if that's making sense especially if you look at uh you know there's there's a lot of uh discourse for in goalie circles on is it worth it to try to take shots unscreened shots from the point which or work it back to the point and you see the you see the goalie and it's unscreened and it's like, is it worth it to take that shot? Or are you just letting the goalie feel the puck and warm, get his way into the game? Because you look at Igor, uh, the, there's like a weird correlation between the amount of shots he faces and then his, you know, his safe. Like, honestly, a lot of times goalies fare worse in games where they see less shots because they just can't stay warm or feel the puck or sense the puck or get into the flow of the game. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, but yeah, I think like to get back to my point, I think Gallant is a guy that he coaches to win the game and win the moment, and hence why the Rangers are in the position they're in, even though there's a lot of things that work against them or say they shouldn't be in the spot. So yeah, I just think for this team, even though they have a lot of glaring pressing issues, I think if I'm Chris Drury, I'm going to... uh yeah, I don't know if I would pri- what I would prioritize first. I guess it just depends on what you can get first. I I think Drury makes a smaller move before he makes a bigger move if that makes any sense. I think he might maybe will go for the third pairing defenseman or the, you know, bottom six uh winger or center if it's before maybe making the move for the, the whatever. If the if he does trade for O'Reilly Smith or Giroux or Pavelski or whatever. And I think that's just also nature that teams the the higher the you know the the higher touted and uh, price tag they want to make sure they really get their the maximum return and those deals take a lot longer to hammer out than the guy you're going to flip for a second or third for you know. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking about between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday, as everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
in Tennessee, call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. Now, Andy, you really kind of got my gears turning and, and with all this you know, free agent talk. And now I, I feel like the, uh, the goalie talk around the league is kind of ramped up a little bit about teams you know, maybe needing goalie depth and just they're, they're not happy with their, their number one starter and, and maybe that goalie is more of a backup or a 1B option, uh, which makes me believe that Drury's probably starting to field phone calls about you know, Georgie or just interest in Georgie kicking the tires a little bit. Um, do you see them, you know, parting ways with Georgie, uh, down the line? Uh, yeah, I think, I think they obviously do. I don't think it's in season this year. It's, I think I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like they're, I have, it does seem that they are not happy overall with their organizational goalie depth beyond Georgiev and Igor, obviously they're stoked with Igor and they're happy with Georgiev for the moment, but I think the writing is on the wall there. He's, I think he's requested it. If we're to believe Frank Severelli's report, he's requested a trade, not in a, like, you need to trade me now. I'm unhappy kind of way, but kind of in the, Hey, listen, I understand that Georgiev is your guy and I would like to get a spot, a chance somewhere else. So if the, if I, if the opportunity arises, uh, I am willing to be traded type thing, you know? So I just think, they're happy with it right now, but their apparent isn't really apparent. I mean, I don't know if any of Tyler Wall or Adam Huskov really um, distinguish themselves enough to the point where they feel comfortable. And yeah, obviously they have Keith Kincaid, which is he's a you know I it's it's tough because he's been good for the Rangers in spots, but they clearly haven't. You know, he hasn't played a lot of games for the Rangers despite being here for two years, which I think that just shows what their overall faith may be in him is, you know, uh, definitely not over Georgiev. So I would imagine, um, I, f- I forget his name, but the Ranger, a lot of t- teams were in on that free agent goalie that signed with Florida last week. Uh, I forget, I forget his name. Um, yeah, uh, whatever. But again, I think, uh, yeah, Matt Gusta, his name is, and everyone was in on him, apparently all the teams that, uh, in the league. But, um, yeah, I just, I, they're going to keep Georgiev this season. I don't think he, they make any changes in net, at least for this run. And even if that means ultimately that Georgiev is walk, is his contract up this season? It might be. He's a restricted free agent. Okay. But whatever. I just, even if it's like they can maybe get more goalies, the re, you know, the return for goalies is never good in season. It just never is. I mean, unless it's like a bona fide starter caliber and, Teams will argue, well, you know, Igor's your your you're trading him, and Igor is your starter. You know, they're just not. Even if it's like, I don't know if it's worth it in terms of the return you'd get. You know, um, so I just I don't think the Rangers touch him. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a, a move to shore up maybe a play to try to acquire a player to throw in a trade who they think has some more potential than maybe to put himself in the mix with Huska and Tyler Wall and, and you know, and Dylan Garand eventually. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just, they're, I think they're going to let it ride as is. And even if that, that means they ultimately don't get value back for him, I think that's the right move. Because if Igor goes down, 
you know, you'll you'll be ha- I you know all the Rangers fans that have you know done nothing but shit on Gurgiev since he's been here will be happy he's here because if you think Keith Kincaid is gonna you know um yeah is gonna shore up this uh the run the Rangers are having right now you're you're out of your mind so uh yeah they're they're gonna let it ride and yeah I just think it's one of those things but you know and and I think that goes for Ryan Strom too they're obviously their their contract negotiations are ongoing but they're they're not going to make any decisions. He's not leaving in season two, especially with the, the state of the Rangers middle six or, you know, or at least or down the middle, I should say. So, but yeah, the goalie situation, I think they let it ride with Georgiev. He's not going anywhere and they'll, I guess they'll figure out what to do in the summer. But for right now, they feel at least their goal and their in-season goaltending is stabilized. They're not going to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The, you know, goaltender goaltending is such a big deal in the NHL, but yet, you know, when it comes to, you know, trading for a goalie, the market is just, it's always flat. So it's just always funny how important it is compared to uh, then when, you know, when shit hits the fan, it's like, yeah, you really can't get much for a goalie. It's like, well, I mean, the Avalanche were a goalie away from maybe winning the cup last year. You know, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't save anything. So, um, but anyway, any, anyway, Andy, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the Olympics. Any surprises for you, Andy, uh, on the women's side or the men's side? I know uh, the U.S. men's uh, beat the Germans, I think it was this morning, I guess, 3-2. Uh, but what else you got, Andy? You I mean, obviously, Olympics? yeah, I mean, obviously beating Can- the U.S. men's beating Canada the, the other day was uh, awesome. Although then you had all the people saying miracle on ice takes, and that was so cringy that it almost soured me immediately on the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, I was honestly more pissed when the U.S. women's uh, lost to Canada. That was so I was in a foul mood after that. No, 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 uh, no, no. And there's nothing. There's nothing. You want you wanted Canada to win that game. What to light a spark? Is yeah, you need you need the spark to be lit. In. They yeah, they just need to work on their because they dominate. It's just they they need to get on the the practice ice for the power play you can't have six power plays or whatever it was and just not convert like i don't know it's just horrible i I mean they would have should have won that game but you know credit to canada's goaltender she was i mean it lights out and uh yeah i just at this yeah so yeah other than that yeah i mean i'm happily surprised to see uh the chinese team is not getting blown out of games and is keeping it obviously they, they have the upset over japan um early in the tournament and you know even though they lose they lost to canada but i think they lost what five one or something or five was they it five nothing? five nothing yeah okay but you know what that's not that's not seven nothing or that's not like nine one you know what i mean so uh you know that you just wanted a respectable team uh for the host country and i'm, I'm glad that they've they've made some strides there and we've had a, there's a lot of dumb takes right now about on the internet and also just even some people on our friend group cough cough uh the gibby about you know why should teams that are not on par with the other teams even be allowed to participate but you know there's a it's there's a believe it or not for some of these smaller you know hockey nations there's a lot of pride in even making it to a medal round or or even just competing with the best and clearly you can see the development of nations like germany which have really taken huge steps forward you know what i mean or or denmark or you know so and you know there'll be ebbs and flows like they're you know they're 
there will be nations that will have like up and down years with some where they're competitive and then where they're maybe less than competitive. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's really important. So just to say, cause, or say that, you know, they're women like the, the U S and Canada, like women's Olympic hockey shouldn't be a thing. Cause it's only dominated by two nations is one of the, still one of the most baffling, dumbest fuck, you know, stupidest takes I've heard in a long time. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fun. Obviously the time zone difference has made it a little bit difficult, but, uh, my wife and I do have a peacocks, uh, peacock subscription. So we've been able to, I've been able to watch replays whenever I want. It's just trying to stay off social media and not have things spoiled for me, which has been very tough. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but no, I, uh, Olympic hockey has been really interesting so far. It's, it's fun to see contributions from, uh, you know, younger player prospects like Brendan Brisson and Matthew Nice and, um, or Nice, I think you pronounce it, but, uh, and just, yeah, just to see how the next wave of NHLers kind of playing with some of the older washed out guard of the NHL, you know? So it's been, it's been a fun tournament so far. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I said Litton before, no, the, the spark needs to be lit. Litton's not a word. Um, so don't even try <laughs> that in Wordle because you're, it's going to be, it's the words will shake. Um, okay. So we have the, I think this is the, yeah, semifinals, Canada versus the Swiss, USA versus Finland. To see who goes on to the medal game. Uh, if you're any, if you call yourself a hockey fan, you need Canada, USA in the finals. And to get back to, uh, Gibby's point, which is completely wrong. Uh, yeah, it's, it's first off, if you ask anybody on those teams, they, they, wear their pride on their sleeves they love being there if they got blown out seven nine nothing it it didn't matter to them like it's being on that stage it's about growing the game it's about um you know growing the game within their own country and if you look at some of the numbers you know i know they spoke about it a little bit and i saw some stuff on twitter it's like the amount of you know uh you know registered hockey players in in canada for for the women's uh you know I guess I don't know how they do it with because U.S. has USA hockey. I don't know if Canada has like Canada hockey, but the registered members of Canada hockey for women, they were like, you know, there was like you know, thousands. Right. And then if you looked at like for the Czech, they only had like 4000. So it, it, the, the vast difference and the fact that they can compete on the same level is you know, extraordinary. If they can just grow those numbers just a little bit, right? And a good showing at the Olympics would do that. Or, you know, uh, just a, you know, a highlight reel goal or a highlight reel save would inspire someone to, you know, you know what, I want to play hockey. And you want to grow those numbers. And then, you know, you're not going to be competitive in four years, you might be competitive in eight years, because you had that, you know, little, you know, eight year old girl now wants to go play hockey. And she finds herself on the Olympic team in, in you know, you know, 10 years. So it's all, uh, it's all about growing the game at that, at that point. And, um, you know, the scores mean nothing, you know, it, they're not embarrassed to be there. They're playing at the Olympics. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's crazy to me that anyone would even have that take and not see what the point is you know, going forward, you know, for, you know, these, you know, countries, especially like a host country like China, who may not be competitive, but are just kind of holding their own. And, you know, it, it's just about growing the game. So it's as simple as that. And we all know that this year, this Olympics, it's Canada versus USA, and and that's fine and everything. And, 
you know, they're still trying to grow the games in their countries as well. You know, just because they are powerhouses in the world doesn't mean that there's a bigger picture here, right? You know, everyone, you know, wants to see a national women's league take off and flourish and be, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, be able to hold, you know, tread water on their own. And, you know, and, you know, Canada is probably in a similar situation. Um, you know, a lot of those players also play in, in those leagues in the States. So yeah, Andy, there's a, a bigger picture here. Um, and for the men's, I don't really have much to say, honestly, I, I haven't watched uh, or paid attention to much of the, the men's, but uh, it's nice to see the U.S. a little bit more competitive than I thought they'd be. You know, beating Canada was huge, but uh, we'll see once the, uh, you know, I think the quarterfinals start in a couple days, Tuesday. So it'll be uh, interesting, Andy. So any final thoughts? Uh, no, not really. I, the, I do want to end this podcast by doing something that we couldn't do in our last podcast because I wasn't there. And it'll be interesting because this episode drops Monday morning and the Super Bowl is today. So I think to finally sign off, just to see people can see how this will either be make us look really good or really bad, James. I want your Super Bowl winner and I want a final score prediction. Okay. Well, the, the two parts to this. Um, who I want to win, I want the Bengals to win. Mm-hmm. But I think the Rams are going to win i think it's just it's their season new stadium uh they want to grow the game in la uh i just i think the writing's on the wall i'm gonna say rams are gonna win 31 24 okay 31 24 all right you heard it here first joke uh folks james says rams uh winning 31 24 so, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with my pick. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say Los Angeles Rams 23, Cincinnati Bengals 20. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, who knows if that's right or wrong, but it's not like I have the power to just watch the game and then go back and edit my voice over the score to make myself sound smart. And I would never do that. So I hope you all enjoyed the Super Bowl. uh, And yeah, we'll see you all on Wednesday. So hopefully when the Rangers back in it, they're back in the the win column. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys pod. And please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.